0: everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. I'm Bree. And we are telling telling
1: ourselves.
0: <laughs> oh, we Zoom. always screwed up girls but that's okay. Imper- perfectly imperfect.
2: <laughs> exactly. Zoom always gets our number doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs>
1: Welcome. And we could plan it but it's almost more fun to just talk over each other. <laughs> well we do plan it and then we over
2: again overthink it or wait or stutter <laughs> yep always
1: <laughs>
2: we, we've always we've always been better at improvisational haven't we
0: Vic? well yeah well yeah yeah
1: well well welcome back um, everybody welcome we've and happy 2021 yeah
0: how's the first couple weeks been it's
1: been insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I We saw, thought 2021 <laughs> was going to be our year. How silly were we? No. <laughs>
0: well, the, I saw the best picture thing, joke, jokey joke I saw last night was someone jumping out of 2020, burning building, and then going on a trampoline and then jumping into burning building 2021. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I am and going to manifest and I am going to predict that 2021 is going to be outrageously amazing.
1: I
2: totally agree. And I tell you, I think because, as I said, we can now say tw- uh, hindsight is 2020. We you have like been that through one. it. So. <laughs> but but now it's like got even this like big deeper meaning for me because we we didn't know what we were getting into we were kind of just like figuring out our ways now we we know it's like all right so give me what you got because I can handle it so I do believe 2021 is going to be awesome yeah
0: Dang I agree it.
2: all right so um, I uh, was talking to the the gals before we started because I'm really excited about the topic today. And then I said I kind of have a first thought wrong. And then I said, so would you all be okay if I just kind of steamroll and take over today? So even though it's not Lynn G show, it kind of is because I I had lots of like really good energy about a few things that were speaking to me. So hold um, on, hold
0: on to hold on your, your hair your
2: drink, your coffee. Yeah, hold on to your coffee or your tea, and we're going to have a fun ride, hopefully. So I've got first thought wrong this week, and um, I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, What should my first thought wrong be? And I was wondering what had pissed me off this past week or irritated (laughs) me. And then I thought, hold up. Why is the first thought wrong only about something that irritates or pisses me off? And that got me to thinking about it. It's like first thought wrong isn't just about that, but that has been my go-to. That And I found myself kind of reflecting on what we talk about a lot. It's like if a person, place, or thing is not pleasing to you, then you need to look at yourself. And then I had a reading this week in one of the books that we read, every day, a New, Each Day a New Beginning. And the reading is from January 6th. And it says, wanting to control other people to make them live as we'd have them live makes the attainment of serenity impossible. And I realized the whole irritation game was because people weren't doing what I wanted them to do. So that was like my first big revelation with um, me being a little discontented with my world is that I'm needing to make everybody do what I think they should be doing. And then um, January first, I started. Uh, I've been doing the Ten Percent Happier meditation app, and they started a challenge, a three week challenge starting in 2021. And I'm like, yes, I'm so excited because I really like their challenges and I do them every morning they're like usually a 10 to 13 minute meditation that I do my reading and it's this this whole thing so um, just to give us in hindsight some kind of perspective on what's going on in the world right now we are in the uh, first week of January we're uh, counting electoral votes for the new president-elect and there's been a lot of turmoil in our political world so on Wednesday January 6th which is the same day of that meeting and see how it all ties together January 6th is a people places are thing aren't pleasing you so January 6th the Senate was supposed to get together the Congress was supposed to get together and count the electoral votes and there was a riot and the Capitol was breached and it was scary and ugly Um, for me especially I have a lot of civic pride Um, I from a young child I came from an environment and a culture in small town Kentucky where I really believed in and appreciated what our nation does, what our nation did to establish itself. Yeah, it it was born of revolution, but um, it came in with like, not just high ideals, but it's like this timeless idea of how we can keep perpetuating it. And we do that through our constitution. And the constitution was basically thrown on a fire and stepped on this week. And it hurt, it hurt me a lot. Um, So because of those kinds of things happening this week, Um, It was, you know, I was really feeling a lot of anxiety, sadness, stress, all those things. So bring me back to 10% Happier Meditation app. The day after that, they said, we are changing regularly scheduled program to talk about what happened yesterday because some people might have some feelings about it. And the topic was equanimity. So we had that whole meditation um, lesson on equanimity and uh, talked to the girls about it. And it just, again, it really resonated and spoke with me. So if I can, um, I will give you the definition of equanimity. Um, It is, um, I love, they broke it down the Latin and it basically means having an even mind slash soul, not and or it's having an even mind and soul. It's a state of psychological stability and composure, which is undisturbed by experience of or exposure to emotions, pain, or other phenomena that may cause others to lose their balance of mind. So basically in that meditation, they talked about how uh, with equanimity, what we do is we have a strong back and a soft front. And then she talked about how you have your strong back, which is setting your boundaries, (laughs) setting your boundaries. And then your soft front is like your heart center. So it's having boundaries and then finding compassion. And if that had happened this past Wednesday when all of those people rioted because they felt they'd been wrong, they'd been wronged. If they had had some compassion for the other side, for the other point of view, maybe it wouldn't have happened. And yesterday we all got together and we were having a discussion about it. And it, it, again, just has me thinking, it's like, no, you can't change anybody else's mind. But if we all just take into account that we have our boundaries and we're very clear about what we need for self-care and self-worth and to, to maintain our lives, but we can have that soft front and that soft center that maybe we can find some kind of meeting point. So that's where I am, ladies.
0: Wow. You know, um, I don't, it's, it's, it's just so interesting because one thing I heard, um, and I'm sorry, but I, I, it does remind me of the race situation that we're in right now and the healing that needs to occur. and, And I feel very strongly about that, but I was, um, I was, I heard this this week also that if you, um, look at us from the inside you can't tell what race we are. There is no differentiating features in our body that tell us if we're white, black, you know, there, there is nothing different about all of us. And we're all children. And we, when we all came to this earth, we were all full of the sameness. That's what they say. I, I think it was an Eckhart Tolle book, but I don't know for sure. But I was listening to one of my books and it said that when when you're a child you have the main thing about you when you're a baby is you recognize you're the same as each other right you recognize the sameness you don't see differences not until you turn like 2 or something like that and um, and i wish that we could all look at each other like we were children and and know that you know the, the bad stuff that happens in this world is learned So, I mean, kind of what you're saying, I feel like we can learn compassion. We can learn love. We can learn a new way to be. And I hope that somehow something out of this mess and this this horrific, painful um, experience, and I think both sides, all sides, I think everyone is feeling the pain of it. I think everyone is feeling the pain of what's going on on both sides. I mean, families are being torn apart. People and families don't talk anymore because of this division. And I hope that somehow we can realize that we're all the same and that we all really want the same thing. And that is to love and be loved, really. You're here, yeah.
1: yeah, Lynn, I, this, when you mentioned this as a topic, I had heard this word before but I, I really, honestly, had no idea what it meant, um, and so it was an interesting concept to dive into. And I'm, I'm, I like how you exp- i like the definition, and I like how you explained it with the strong backs off front. But I want more. I'm always the kind of person who wants like more, so I'm, I, I'm excited to talk more about it and dive in. Um, but when you talk about Psychological stability, like like how do how does somebody get there? Like, at what process of or what part of awareness, or (laughs) like, explain that to me. Is there like stages to getting there? Because at first I thought, oh, this sounds like serenity. The definition that I had read made it sound like it was almost serenity. Like, you know, things happening around you and things can get crazy and chaotic, but inside you are you know, you're calm or you're stable. Um, you're unaffected in a way. So what makes equanimity different from serenity? Well, it's funny. You should ask
2: that Brie, because I found this article. Uh, this person wrote this amazing paper on, um, equanimity, mindfulness, emotional regulation, meditation, and acceptance. And basically, it's taking modern psychology and melding it with Buddhism. And they talked about um, mindfulness is just um, you're paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in present mode, and non-judgmentally. So they, what they're basically saying is that when you describe mindfulness and modern psychology, it's most frequently cited as paying attention, like I said, and being non-judgmental and then in scientific and cl- clinical interpretations, it's aligned with most Buddhist traditions. So it's taking meditation, which we learn in meditation is to be present and non-judgmental.
1: So it's the same thing?
2: That's the equanim- equanimity um, brings you to the mindfulness stage. I think it's it's like the vehicle that gets you to being mindful, present, non-judgmental.
0: So equanimity is a vehicle to get to serenity maybe?
2: That's what I understood. Um, so yeah, this article that I was reading basically they're saying is that through the mindfulness practice, we learn to be present and it's basically what I've learned in meditation is that I can have an emotion and observe it without without getting caught up in it, like going on that ride of that emotion. So if you're in your state of equanimity, that's what you're doing. You're having balance. You're seeing it. You're observing it. You're respecting it. You're, you know, recognizing it, but you're not going on the ride.
0: Well, I have a question then. Um I do think that the emotions come up. So, I guess I don't want to judge my emotions either. So, I ha- I I guess my question is we we get in this quiet place, we notice things, we try not to judge them. Now, one of my things is judgment. I I judge myself very hardly. I judge others too. And I think that learning that non judgment piece is is something that I need to personally work on. Absolutely. And Um, well, and I
2: go ahead. No, go ahead. Comment on that? I was just going to say one of the meditation practices that I've been working on is is emotions. And uh when you have those emotions that you accept them, you know, and you know we learn this in recovery, it's that nothing's gonna last forever. So even the the difficult or uncomfortable emotions, if you can just say, I can do this, I'm strong enough, I can, you know, I as Glendon says, I can do hard things. And once you that's that acceptance, and once you accept that you can go through the emotion. And, and trust that you are gonna to get to the other side and that you're probably gonna learn something from it, it makes it not so scary.
1: Okay, so is equanimity non-reaction or is it reacting a certain way or is equanimity all internal, like only happening internally? Like it's like what happens before the reaction or the non-reaction or whatever, like it's not really focused on a reaction, it's focused on everything internally.
0: What do you think?
1: Uh, I I would say I wanna say I think it's all internal. But then you know how some people are poised. Like I kind of think of like poise too. Like um, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Like people who have equanimity are like poised in a way like they they can get through stuff with a lot like with a lot of poise and grace and well,
0: right. I think I think it's maybe equanimity provides poise because you are not stressed out and uncomfortable and nervous and discontent, you know, um, when you're, when you're feeling that equanimity inside that psychological, what's the word, what's the definition? Psychological stability.
2: Uh, Psychological stability.
0: Yeah. When, when that's happening, you you i think maybe naturally have poise because poise comes from it could be acted out i'm it's sure stable.
2: yeah it's it's the it's the redefinition of stable stability stable poise poise yeah. is stable
0: okay so generally i
1: have to work really hard if i'm in a situation that's like intense whether it's like intense good or intense bad i have to have that thought like okay don't react or, um, oh, I can't control this. You know, like there's a thought that happens. Is that equanimity? Like it's, but it's not. You, say, it's not the thought, though, right? It's like a state of being almost. So, being. so that's not natural to me at all. Then it's like I'm not there yet. Like I haven't. What do I have to do to get to that state without necessarily always having to remind myself to be calm and to let it go or to just observe the emotion and not react like that's all very
0: I think you just described the whole purpose of meditation I think the whole purpose of meditation is to get there I think that is why people meditate that's the goal of meditation
1: it is attainable so like because I'm like I I can't imagine myself Okay. Because I'm like, I can't imagine myself never having a thought about me trying to tell myself to not, you know, filter myself. You don't need to say that out loud or like, don't react.
0: Well, um, I think stifling that voice is part of the problem. I mean, because what what I'm learning about myself right now is that I hold my vo- voice back because I don't want to be too much. And I think by doing that, I, I cut myself self off and I am not I am not my real, true, authentic self. So um, I can, so I'll never be able to attain equanimity. If you, if you, if the, if what I'm understanding about what we're talking about, I don't think if I continue that behavior, I'll never have true equanimity because I'm always fighting with myself to not be something that I really am. So the pause is important, right? The pause is important. The reminder to myself, don't judge. It's okay. It's natural that you're judging, but getting out of that habit and getting into the habit of being aware and being being compassionate to myself and others, I don't know.
1: Very cool. Well, maybe that's why it's such a hard concept for me to grasp. is because maybe I don't live there very often. So I'm like, so I, do I have think, to try? Do I have to try to do this? Is this something I can?
2: <laughs> what you know? What Bree? What I have. What I am discovering, not what I have discovered. What I am discovering since I've gotten pretty, pretty uh, disciplined about my meditation practice is that on a day to day basis, I don't really know what it's doing for me at all. But I keep doing it because somebody told me to. And and I feel like, you know, having having discipline to do something on a daily basis, I know is good for me, regardless whether I'm getting anything out of the meditation or not. I'm not sure. But being disciplined and committing to something is good for my well-being because it's committing to something. What I learned after reading this is that I am understanding it better. And when you said not react, we're all going to react. That's not the point. The point, our brain, when we're working, when our brain is functioning, we're reacting. You react, react to every bit of stimuli that comes in. What we choose to do with that first emotion is where meditation and where mindfulness helps because we can take the magic of the pause. Um, and it's what when you guys were talking, I found this other part in this article. It says the Buddhist tradition. There's a Sanskrit word for equanimity, which I will not even begin to pronounce. But it oh, says come on, at the try heart it, of Try the
0: it. Word, try it. Try it.
2: Try it. Uh I can't. It's up Upakaka. You, up-a-kaka. Uh, or up-a- <laughs> pretty much kaka. It's k a a. I can't. But it A-kaka. says at the heart of the word. a <laughs> Upakaka. up-a-kaka. <It's> up-a-kaka. <laughs> uh, at the heart. At the heart of the word, the prefix suggests gazing upon, then it also means that it's a neutral feeling, a mental experience that is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And then the other side to that is that it is a state of mind that cannot be swayed by biases and preferences, even mindedness in the face of every sort of experience, regardless of whether pleasure or pain is present." The state of equanimity manifests as a balanced reaction to joy and misery, which protects one from emotional agitation. Boom.
1: So it truly is observation without judgment. Correct.
0: Which is so freaking weird because this is exactly, exactly what I spent three days learning about that an experience yeah. is neutral. And your reaction are because of your beliefs and your feelings. Holy cow, yeah. this is mind-blowing. It, it's so mind-blowing. And like I said,
2: my connected no, connectedness with reading, having that reading on Wednesday morning, and then all that shit went down Wednesday evening. And then the next day I did this meditation about equanimity. And then I started reading about it. You know, there, there are no mistakes in God's world.
0: Well, I think that... To be fully uh, out there, I've realized that there are certain people that I don't hold back with my feelings, and there are, are vast amount of other people that I hold back my feelings. For some reason on this podcast, I don't hold back my feelings because I'm with you guys. However, I don't realize that it, whoever it's going to and whoever it's touching, and 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 I don't care because I don't think about them because they're not here, right? And it's just recording out there. Um, what 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 I'm learning is that I am not showing up to life. I am not being present. I am not being part of the solution of this bigger picture and the smaller picture, and and I am simply trusting that others are going to take care of it. So when I'm upset about all this stuff that's happening and I have an opinion about it, I'm not showing up with my voice and I think that's not fair. I think I'm doing a disservice. I'm not saying my voice is is good or bad. But it needs we all need to be heard. The the, the healing is only going to happen if we're aware as a community as a world as a nation like we all have to be aware we don't have to have the same reaction to it but if we're all aware then that will that will infiltrate the reactions I think it can't help but infiltrate the reactions absolutely good or bad that's just it
2: it's good or bad when it becomes neutral and again I think what we learn in, in recovery is that it's progress, not perfection. You can't beat yourself up about, because some days Brie you react to something like the knee jerk, spontaneous, something falls out of your mouth before you even realize that your brain had formed it. It's already flying out of your mouth. Cause God knows I do that on a daily basis at work or whatever. Um, but it's, it's creating those little stop gaps. You know, you go from not being able to control it at all to having that 10th of a second where you're like, Oh, I shouldn't say this. And then it flies out. You know, those are the kinds of things that I, I celebrate my victories. Those are my, you know, in the W column, the big checks that say that was a win today because even though it flew out as it was coming out, I'm going, you shouldn't be saying this. And then it's already out, you know? Um, And I think if we, think about that in our daily life data it's like we always talk about in our day-to-day life you know how are we going to live a peaceful serene loving kind life <clears throat> how, how can I and I think that for myself how can I achieve
3: that what can I do
0: today Charles what did you want to say
3: yeah you know it, it's interesting I was kind of looking up um, some articles and um, they define equanimity as when you're not reacting to your reactions. So it's not that initial reaction; it's your reaction of aversion to that primary reaction. Um, and something interesting too—they um, they talked about the difference between indifference and apathy to equanimity. Um, that uh, often um, anger is buried in indifference and apathy, but equanimity is truly. Really, recognizing being mindful of your initial reactions and not reacting to those allowing to to see the reaction but letting that go um so I thought it was really interesting it's a great topic and Lynn thanks so much for bringing this up um I just think there's in in, in doing that 10% happier practice I've been doing that as well and it's just all the things that come up when you try to to silence your mind and the judgments about the feelings um that I've noticed yeah so just thought I'd want to share.
0: Well, on, on the meditation bandwagon, I have a funny story, guys. I'm sorry to interrupt, Lynn. Um, no, no. I was sitting at dinner with the kids and I was asking them to get off their phone and just be present for 10 minutes because it doesn't take us very long to eat because we're all very rapid eaters. Um, so Uber's. so Uber's. Like, can't you just turn off the video for 10 minutes, Pax? How, how is that going to change your life? You know, anyways, so then they started talking about. I don't know how we got talking about our feelings or things that were happening or whatever, but I'm like, well, you know, if you meditate, that might, you might want to think about trying to meditate because that won't happen or you'll learn how to deal with that or you can address it. And Paxi goes, Mom, meditation is what you say is going to help everything. So everything that goes wrong, my ADHD, you say, if you do meditation, it'll help you in school. Every single thing you say, meditation, it's like your cure-all. And I'm like, actually, Pax, you'd be surprised. And I hope that it doesn't take you 37 or 38 years to figure out that meditation is a tool that you can use to get through life a little easier. But it kind of is one of those things. And he's just like, oh, God. I, and mine's like, I won't meditate, you know. So I'll be curious to see when they start to get there because it's mind been mind blowing experience for me since recovery and learning about meditation. And I mean, I'm still very much in the beginning processes. I think you always are, but um, wow. What a, what a, what a life changer.
1: Well, and then there's, uh, Oh yeah. Go ahead, Lynn. Sorry. I know no, you've been honestly, trying to say something for like five
2: minutes. No, no, it's fine. I was going to interject something funny. So go. Oh, um,
1: well, you know, there's just massive amounts of research out there now. It's pretty unrefutable that, um, ir- sorry, irrefutable, unrefutable is not a word, um, that your emotions and, you know, the, the mental thoughts you have can affect your health and your well-being. Um, you know, many times people after a very traumatic event can actually manifest like very uh, severe like physical symptoms of that, like people you know, with fibromyalgia, like, like, like many things, many things. Cause, and that's, you know, why they call it dis-ease. You know, there's, there's not ease in your body. There's dis-ease, there's discord in your body that is building up. And I think those, like the awareness of he- the feelings that you're having, like you said, Vicki, meditation helps us just become, a, a, yeah, like the, like the equanimity, it helps put that pause there. So we don't let the, the bad emotions continue take to over. just like take over and continually circulate in our body. Like how, man, I sat, sat in anger for how many years, you know, that, that's so crazy. It could be so damaging to your health, you know, mental. And I truly believe that it manifests to physical ailments as well. Like we don't even realize the emotional or mental pain we have can translate to, to physical pain, you know, sore backs inability to sleep. You know, and then you don't sleep, and then you feel tired all day, or you have mental mental fog, or brain, you know, um, trouble with your memory, um, weird eating habits, or you know, everything like that. So, I think when you say it's a cure-all, the meditation, like I, I it really could be. Like I, a hundred percent agree with that.
0: Well, it's the cheapest version of healing, mentally, spiritually, physically. All you have to do is breathe. You don't have to pay anyone to do it.
2: <laughs> We're doing it anyway. Uh, if, there, if I could, I wanted to read one last thing that will kind of tie all this up, which is kind of cool. Um, okay, so it says, it should be noted that this goes against our habitual tendencies to seek pleasant and stay away from unpleasant. In the Buddhist perspective, both of these tendencies are a form of craving. Um, we approach pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral experiences with equal interest. Um, And then it says, without boundaries, we habitually draw between uh, friends, strangers, those we consider difficult people. In other words, regarding all beings as equal in their right to have happiness and avoid suffering, treating them free from discrimination without preference and prejudices. This aspect of equanimity can be cultivated with specific contemplative, contemplative practice methods. So basically, it's looking at everything the same. And and what this article is saying is that um, as he, humans in our culture right now, the culture that we're living in, that I'm living in, is that we do avoid the unpleasant. We want the pleasant. And that's another form of addiction. It's because we will eschew anything that we don't think that is going to be good, good feeling, not even good for us, just doesn't feel good.
0: Right. Well, we think we're going to die. Like when you have a bad feeling, you think you're going to die, like a panic attack. You think you're going to die. Yeah. What were you going to say that was funny?
2: Oh, that uh, maybe the kids need to have an Aunt Lynn meditation intervention and I'll hold them down and force them to
1: meditate. <laughs> Lynn, you should just start repetitively calling them when you get up at five o'clock in the morning. It's time <laughs> to meditate. <laughs> Well, you can't
0: call it that. You can't call it that because they'll have an aversion to it because I'm so gung ho about it. Um, So do we have golden nuggets? Are we are we at that point?
1: Last question. Okay. Can it be used as an adjective? Can you be like, oh, you're so equinanimous? Or, like, you're so sexually
0: non judgmental. Oh, that, I want no, so I do. Equanimity. I want a guy. Okay, so I want a relationship. I'm putting it out there into the world, right? With a man that is successful in life, like, and it doesn't have to be financially, it can be, it's you know, it, it, all aspects, right? But yes, I wanted a man that has equanimity as his, um, like, in his life that he acts with equanimity. Just yeah, saying. I would like
2: to. I would like to have a relationship that I could actually have a conversation about working towards equanimity. Yes, right, yes. but someone
0: that is striving for equanimity. So, equanimous, 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 okay, This that's... is
2: the dawning of the age, age of, of equanimity.
0: equanimity. <laughs> I used to. There's
1: your song, Grace. Yeah. There you go. I used to date someone who'd always be very, uh, he used to say calm, cool, collected. Like he always, he's like, I just want to be calm. And he was. And so like, now it's actually funny. I'm like, looking back, I'm like, yeah, he was just like every situation, even if it was super stressful, like he just really kept his cool. And I actually, now that you say you know, you're joking about that, Vicky finding somebody like this, but yeah. Like I'm not call, joking. I'm serious. Calm, cool, collected. That's what you want. Calm, cool, collected.
0: I'm not joking. I'm really being serious. That, no, that is yeah. something on my list. And I will say that there was a guy, um, before we get into Golden Nuggets, there was a guy that I worked with. He was a manager. He had the best personality. Anyways, he always used to say, hey, Vicky, be easy. Because I, I was not even nearly sober and I was not easy. I was a spaz hole and I were, I was a bartender and I would get so irritated and crabby and stressed out and, oh my God, And he'd be like, Vicky, be easy. And you know what? It's like one of those things. It's like when Grammy used to say, don't get ugly. For some reason, him saying that worked for me. Like if someone said, calm down, if he was saying, calm down, Vic, I would be annoyed but his be easy, Vic, be easy. It was just like, it worked for me. I like yeah. that.
2: Relax and take it easy, right? Well,
0: that's why I put the word easy. Actually, this is so freaking weird. I'm having so many experiences, but that's why I put easy on my vision board yesterday.
2: Oh, by the way, everybody, we we did, finally did 2021 vision boards. We had to talk about it for a year before we could actually get Full sparkle <laughs> boards. yesterday. We did it. We got together uh, safely and we knocked that shit out of the park. Two years later, we did our soul (laughs) spot. Well,
0: I'm going to, I was going to post mine on our um, Instagram page. So
2: yeah. I've already hung mine mine up on my wall in the closet.
0: Mine's up on my wall right here in my, my Zen area.
1: Yeah. Stay tuned everybody. We're going to each take turns posting our vision boards for this week.
0: For for sure.
2: Can I go with my golden nuggets?
0: Yes. I'm going to forget them if I don't. Okay. First of all, having a strong back and a soft front um, is how I'm going to walk into my day today. And then not reacting to my reactions. I'm going to work on not reacting to my reactions because I think that that is... um, a, a way that i need to improve my life and and to do more of that. so i am so grateful for this topic. i'm grateful for you girls and i love you so much.
1: thank you. my golden nugget was just this whole topic really. i i didn't know anything about it, really truly. um so it, it's all a pretty big golden nugget for me and it's i don't know it just makes me feel, it's like it's really cool. It's like making me feel like I want it right now. Um, so I'm excited to dive in deeper. Obviously I really like that strong back and soft front too. So
3: cool. Uh.
2: I think my golden nugget, well, my first one, which I just realized this morning while talking to you guys, is the spiritual experience I've had this week. So, what happened with uh, what happened this past week with uh, the nation and how I was able to be mindful and aware to connect dots to give it some meaning to me, to give me some purpose uh, that I I get goosebumps even thinking about it, the, how I was able to be mindful to put it together. And the only reason I've been able to be mindful to do that is because I did start a meditation practice that I didn't really know what was going to happen. I didn't have any expectations and it is working in my life right now, which is just so amazing. And, um, uh, Chelsea, when you said indifference and apathy versus equanimity, that's uh, I think is just brilliant for me to think about because I I did I didn't know a lot about equanimity either before that um, topic on the meditation morning the other day either Brie. and that's when I got my curiosity was peaked and I started doing some research and I read definitions and I thought about it and I, I tell you Chelsea I really did think it was apathy equanimity was kind of like hand in hand with apathy before I started reading and what a difference this has made my life this week I'm just like I'm blown away by it all and so grateful to be able to be of the state of mind that I can be open to it and then I can be in acceptance of it and I just there's there's not a cup big enough in the universe to tell you how bit how full it is of gratitude right now
1: awesome Thank you, Lynya. Yeah, I'm grateful you brought this up. Uh, you know, as a topic,
2: good food for thought. Yeah.
0: Well, take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other, uh, whether you like each other or not. Be kind. Can't hurt. Yeah.
2: Not going to hurt anybody's feelings if you're kind. <laughs> and that's love everybody. Healing.
0: Yeah. Love y'all. Try about.
2: Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.